This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. And how many are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. That's better. I feel more comfortable now that we have some excited people about Jesus this morning. And can I just express to you that it truly is an honor to always preach and teach God's word, but it's always an honor to preach and teach at a friend's church. And one thing that I can say being a part of Legacy Church and even knowing of Ashish at uh, Sagu, uh, he's a good man. He's a good pastor. He loves you guys. He prays for you. He has the heart for you guys, and he has the heart for this community. He and his wife are doing a profound work here with this church by the power of the Holy Spirit with a great team. And I say, thank God for churches like Commission Church. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity to teach this morning. Amen. Amen. And today, if you have your Bibles, or if you have your iBibles, or you have your Samsung Bibles, or you have a a physical Bible, if you could open it to the book of Matthew, we're going to take a look at Matthew 6, verse 25 through 33. And as you are getting yourselves prepared and getting yourselves to that text, I have to say that in, in this particular text, it, it, it goes over something that I believe that we tend to struggle with every now and again. And I'm not even going to say every now and again. I think it's a lot. And if we look at the context of what we go through in our, in our world today, if we look at the context of what's going on in our workspaces and our families and all the environments that we put ourselves around, there's this thing called worry And there's this thing called anxiety, right? Anybody ever felt that in their life before? And in in all of that, I I will have to say that I have an interesting story because I remember a few weeks ago I was driving to work. And for me, I was in a rush already because I was running a little bit behind because I had to take the kids to school and you have to, you know, get everything prepared. Missed my coffee. I missed uh, all my breakfast. And I just got in the car and just took off. And it's one of those things where I was looking over to my right when I was driving the car, and then next thing you know, I noticed I didn't have my phone. So I don't know if you're like me and you don't have your phone, but I'm not going to lie to you. There was a little anxiety and worry that just came about, and it was crazy because I never, you never would think that something like a phone would create that, that anxiety, that worry in you. But let me just say this. I felt like I was disconnected from the world without this, this phone being around me. I felt that I was out of touch for just a moment because let's, let's face it, the phone that we tend to carry creates this communication with the world and everything else. What if somebody called from the school, my kid got in trouble or something like that? What if my wife needed me to do something and I forgot about that? I don't wanna get in trouble, guys, no. What if, you know, I get disconnected what's going on on social media? What if I am just just disconnected? We have to understand this, that for me, the phone creates this thing called control. And I felt a little out of control at that moment. And that's the thing about worry and anxiety. Sometimes the thing that comes into our hearts and our mindsets is this thing where we feel a little anxious because we're out of control. 
But here's the thing I want to share with us today that Jesus describes in the Sermon of the Mount with the multitude, but yet his disciples, he wants to encourage them. He wants to empower them. He wants them to think a little bit differently about what anxiety or worry is. So the question today I have for us is why, why worry? As a matter of fact, the, the great theologian Barb Marley said, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be okay. So even he gets it. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing that we have to look at on this. There is something about this thing called worry that grabs our attention, that grabs our mind. And at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge this, that sometimes it is out of our control. And when it's out of our control, this emotion or this connection in our mindsets just gets a hold of us and we tend to focus on it. Here's the thing about the situation in the car. When I was driving, I had to make a U-turn right away to get my phone so I can get control back. I had to get my phone, and the next thing you know, I was late for some meetings at the church, which created some more worry and some more anxiety. So at the end of the day, anxiety begat more anxiety, which begat more anxiety, which created another avenue of just more worry. So here's the thing what I have to ask for you today is, when was the last time your worry evolved into something more dark because you just kept focusing on it, you know? But I want to encourage us this morning. I believe this message is very encouraging for us. And it goes from the text. If we take a look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value, uh, of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his or her span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was uh, not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you with little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and you and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And I want us to really focus on this, this part here, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I know that we can take a look at this particular text and we can say, man, this is all easier said than done, but we have to acknowledge a couple things when Jesus is talking. We have to acknowledge he is the one who is saying in verses 20, uh, 25, therefore I tell you. And we have to acknowledge this, this I, because this I represents who 
It's Jesus. And we have to understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the son of God. He is the one who came from heaven into this earth. He's the one who sacrificed himself for all, every single one of us. He is the one who rose and defeated death, hell, and the grave, ascended to the right hand of the fathers, right now is interceding on your behalf right now. But you know, in hindsight, we get that, but he's talking to a crowd that may not understand that just yet. He's trying to give them a perspective to understand that I understand that there's worries that you have because you have to work in the field. Some of them are impoverished. Some of them are just in anxious because they keep picking up this worry of how can I make ends meet to take care of the food? How can I make ends meet to, to buy clothing? How can I take care of all of this? And what Jesus is trying to describe to his disciples is don't worry. Don't pick it up. Because once we pick it up, we forget about who's actually in charge sometimes. And who's actually in charge, we have to acknowledge to be Christ Jesus, amen? Okay, so we're gonna have to work on this amen because I need to talk back, okay? So, amen? amen. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, as we acknowledge who Jesus is, we have to really focus on the profoundness and the authority that he walks with. And when he says, do not be anxious, I tell you, do not be anxious. We have to grab that as something that he's not only talking to disciples about, we have to even acknowledge it in our own lives that Jesus said, don't pick this stuff up. Do not pick up worry. I want to just share with you, don't pick it up. Why? Because there are so many things that go on in our lives. I mean, yes, there are things that we worry about today. There is so much that we can worry about today. You know, the decisions that we make sometimes can cause worry. I look at the situation, sometimes we have jobs and sometimes these jobs are not paying enough. And if I can just get the next best job with the most amount of money, maybe I can, maybe I can get in the stratosphere. Maybe I can take care of a lot of different things. But if I don't get this job that will promote me or give me this amount of money, I'm going to be anxious about everything. Some of us are just like myself and my wife that we have kids, we're raising them up in an environment that sometimes can be hostile to the Lord or sometimes hostile, period. And then all of a sudden, you, we, we, my kids and I, we send our kids to public school and sometimes there's some fear in that. And so sometimes we can pick up worry and say, oh my goodness, my kid is not going to be ready for life. Oh my goodness, if I can just focus on training him in this way or training them in this way, maybe, maybe they can adapt and do what it is that they need to do in their life. But here's the factors. That's another thing that sometimes we can pick up and worry about. At the end of the day, some of us worry about our future. We worry at this time point, at this point of time, what, what's going on in this world? If you look at what's going on, I see this conversation with AI. AI is about to take over everything right? There's this conversation going on and he's like, oh my goodness, AI is going to be the destruction of this world. When you pick up some things that, you know, we don't really know, you have to ask yourself, How, I, I, what am I picking up? You know? But we pick up these things and let, let's just say it. I'm going to be bold enough to say it. Some of us pick up worry from what we see on social media. Some of us pick up worry about what we see on the news. 
Sometimes when we hear what's going on in our politics, sometimes we bring up worry because the opposing sides are just crazy. You know, that's some things that we kind of reflect and say. But here's the thing. If we pick up those worries, can I just share with you that we are getting distracted can I just say today that we might be just a little distracted from the di direction that we need to be going in? Can I just share with you that the distraction can, can take us to a place where we are not mindful of the governance, of the provision, the sovereignty, the nature of God. Sometimes we can worry so much that he is absent because we have picked this thing up called worry or anxiety which leads me to my first thought anxiety or worry distracts from god's provision and care this is this is something that we have to acknowledge and see and and understand that whenever we look at this particular text jesus is really trying to let them know Hey guys, I know that you have this conversation in your heads about what should I wear? What should I eat? What, what can I do? What should I be about? You know, he's saying that you're picking this up so much that you're neglecting the, the provision of God. At the end of the day, you look at verses 25 through 26 and 27, he's bringing up all of these thoughts to the disciples and to the crowd that is listening to him. Don't Put on these things. Don't pick up worry. I tell you, don't be anxious in these things. Don't be anxious about what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Don't be anxious about what you'll wear. And then he starts to describe something. Don't you see that God has taken care of those that we're sometimes not mindful of? Their grass still grows. The lilies still grow. God still takes care of it. We still burn the grass, but God still takes care of it. God is still mindful of the things that we're not mindful of. And here's the factors. The factors is this, that he will be mindful of the things that you are going through. But can I just share with you, if you pick up worry and if you pick up doubt, if you pick up fear, it will distract from his nature. It will distract from his care. It will distract from the overwhelming nature of who he is with his great authority, with his goodness. It will distract that he's able to do the exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Sometimes these distractions will distract us that, and remind us, you know, sometimes we are really, we can remember that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. We are very, it is very obvious that he does that. And sometimes we put our focus on where the enemy is trying to destroy, but we completely forget the second part that he has come to give us life and that life more abundantly because he is our abundance, you see. At, at the end of the day, when we talk about this thing called worry, this thing called worry can distract us. He doesn't want them. Jesus does not want his disciples nor those who are listening and adhering to what he's saying in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't pick up that worry or angst. Don't pick it up. Why? because there's something more profound to worry about and think about. And it's not even just to worry, it is something more profound to put your livelihood in. At the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what does this thing called anxiety do? 
What does it accomplish for our lives? He even puts it, how, how much of this worry or anxiety, how much of this thing that we pick up, can it really add to our life? Can it bring us to a better place? Can this thing that we're focused so much on or maybe fearing, can it add joy? Can it add peace? Can it add something that is conducive that comes from what we know to be the Lord to our life? No, it always distracts. It always puts more pressure where there doesn't need to be pressure. Here's one thing that I found and uh, just a thought to think about that sometimes uh, uh, in scientific facts, they have figured out if you pick up worry, if you pick it up enough and all you do is focus on what it is you don't have, what it is that you think that you need to have, but you don't have, or if you pick up this worry that we find on the, the, the social media apps, the news or anything, the schools, what's going on in our financial life, if we pick it up so much and that's all we focus in on, it does something to us. It does not add to us, but it takes away from us. Even to the point where the scientists have even stated that it, it can increase heart rate and blood pressure issues. It, it can create muscle tensions in, in our bodies, sleep problems. It, it can create digestion problems. It can create immune system problems. It can create anxiety or depression and enhance it even more so than sometimes maybe we struggle with. Here's the factors we need to look at that worry does not add but it creates a problematic thing for us. But can I just share with you the good news is that it doesn't have to stay at worry. Can I share with you today that there's something more profound that we can put our hope and trust in right now? There is someone that we can put our hope and our trust and our everything in that, that, that he, he, focuses, he focuses in on us in a way that nobody else can. Can I just share with you today that he is a God that loves you with everything. He is the heavenly father who's so mindful of you so much. And can I just share with you my second thought today is that, you know, God sees us as valuable. That is sometimes a hard concept to think of because why? We, we have struggled so much in our lives, struggled so much in our families, struggled so much at work sometimes, and then sometimes we create these thoughts in our head because of the worry that we've gone through that maybe we're not valued, maybe we're not good enough, maybe I'm picking this up, this worry up because I don't feel like I deserve it, but here's what I wanna share with you today. If God is willing and able to take care of the lilies and the valleys, if he's, if he's able to take care of the things that we're not mindful of at this very moment, how much more valuable are you to him? Can I just share with you today? You are so valuable that the heavenly father said, I can't live, leave you in brokenness. Can I just share with you today that you are so valuable that he sent his only son to this earth for you. Can I just share that you are so valuable that those who have confessed and declared that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, that you have eternal life with him. 
Can I say that and share that you are so valuable that he has this thing called grace and this grace abounds over you every single day at every single moment. Can I just share with you that he values you so much that he is willing to be your help when it's needed? I know that there's an old school gospel song and I love gospel. I love it. But here's what I will say. There's a gospel song that says, even if he doesn't do anything else for you, he's done enough. It's a very profound thought, but here's the thing about God's grace is that he goes beyond doing enough. He goes beyond doing just the bare minimum. He goes beyond just just dying on the cross for our sins and ascending to heaven and taking the pain, then becoming sin itself and just, just being tortured on the cross for all of us. He does more. In spite of all of that, he finds you so valuable. As I said earlier, he ascended to heaven right hand of the Father, in, interceding on our behalf, talking to the Heavenly Father about you and I. You are valuable. When we think about this thing called worry, we have to acknowledge this. He values you enough to work on your behalf. And even if we pick up these things that we see on the news or maybe that's going on in our personal lives, maybe with our family members, our children, maybe it's an unsafe family member. If we continue to pick up this worry or this fear or these things that create anxiety, it will only distract us. But let us be reminded that he finds us as valuable, so valuable that he came, that he died and he did and he rose uh, into the right hand of the father. Now he's interceding on our behalf, but yet at the same time, his grace grace is so sufficient that he's able to give us things that we sometimes don't even deserve because he is so good. He is so profound and he is so amazing. And we have to remember that anytime that worry creeps in, we are valuable to him. I know that there are some teachings out there that make you feel that, hey, you you can't talk about yourself like that. You can't feel valuable to him. No, let's be honest. He came and he did a work and it was for you and I. And he did it because he sees something in you and I that nobody else can see. He died for you and I because nobody else would die for you and I like he would. He gave us forgiveness in a way that nobody else like you, you and I could give to anybody else. He looked at us and said, you know what? Even on your worst day, I still love you. On your best day, I love you. On your mediocre days, I love you. I value you and I'm going to take care of you. I am mindful of you because I value you. That is the heart of Christ. So even as we take a look at this text and acknowledge this, we have to be reminded of the value that we have. And that when I say this, I'm not saying this so that we can become conceited Christians. No. I'm saying this that whenever we are going through the trials and tribulations, when we are going through the painful moments in our life, 
when we are going through confusion, when we are going through doubt, when we're going through all of these obstacles and we kind of neglect, maybe we're getting distracted to the point that, hey, I don't know if Jesus is with me on this. You know what? Maybe I've messed everything up. Maybe I've gotten in the way of all of this stuff. And you know what? I think that I might be the problem in this. And you worry and you worry and you put more worry on. It can hurt, but remember, you're valued. And it's okay to say, you know what, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're a God of grace. Thank you, Lord, that you value my life and the future of my life. Thank you, Lord, for valuing me, but thank you, Lord, for valuing even my unsafe family member, that you are utilizing myself to be your voice box. Thank you, Lord, that you have put value on my life so that I can share it in every aspect of my life. Whether it is on social media, I know that there's so much negative activity that's going on there, but may I be someone who produces hope in a place where that's creating anxiety. Help me to see people and everyone as valuable the way that you see. There are so many things that we can look at and talk about when it comes to value. And can I share it with you that today, as a church, as a commissioned church, I love this name because it comes from the Great Commission, the commission of action, what Jesus Christ called upon his disciples and now even us today as his church to go and make disciples to all the earth. You, you know, one of the biggest things that we have the obligation and uh, mandate of is sharing our faith. Can I share with you today in our current environment that a lot of people are worrying about what people think about them whenever they share their faith? Can I share with you at this moment that there's this fear that enters in when we know that somebody's living in a completely different lifestyle, but yet all of a sudden we have the good news and this good news could rescue them from this lifestyle? And we have to acknowledge this, the God who sees us as valuable is God who wants us to see other people as valuable. So we need to not worry, put it down and be able to share our faith. And me, I will just share this with you, that I, I have the privilege of serving as a, a police chaplain and a fire chaplain for the city of Plano. And as being a chaplain in this area, can I, I, I just want to say this. Right now, after the pandemic, people are living in so much worry right now after the pandemic because people have become more isolated. People are no longer committing themselves to the body of Christ. People are coming up with excuses of not, why not to come to church? And what we have seen is so much anxiety and angst building within the, the people that were committed to church. But I want to share with you that you guys are connected to somebody who needs this hope, this needs this truth, because they themselves need to understand they're valued. Like you and I, we understand from God's perspective, we're valued. But those in our community that are struggling, they need to know it too. Amen? So why... Why, 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 why do I say this? I say this because we have to understand that Jesus Christ is 
the authority that we need. He is everything we need. As he's talking to his disciples from 26 to 30, he is really trying to describe this, this truth to them. Our Heavenly Father is all you need. At the end of the day, he is everything you need. And because you're valued, don't you think he's going to take care of your need? If he's able to take care of the things we're not thinking about, don't you think he'll take care of you? So is it, can we just put down this thing called worry and focus in on him? Can we put down this thing called doubt and focus in on him? Why do you say that? Because Matthew 6.33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. My third thought is, as we devote ourselves to God's kingdom, he devotes himself to our actual needs. And when I say actual, I'm not talking about the needs that we're kind of hiding and desiring that may not be good for our life. I'm talking about the needs that will only reflect his glory. I'm talking about the needs that will please our heavenly father, that will meet us what we need in this world today to reflect his kingdom. As we devote ourselves to his kingdom, he devotes himself to our needs. As he, as he speaks to the disciples, it's very interesting because you have to remember he is talking to an environment that is a, a farmer or rural type of culture. They have to grow things in order to make funds. And sometimes where they're lacking is sometimes where fear might come in. And sometimes that focus might be that thing that drives them. But here's the thing. He wants them to be driven by the heavenly father and the heavenly father alone. He wants them to be driven by the kingdom and the power of the kingdom alone. He wants them to understand the perspective of Christ. He wants them to understand the perspective of our heavenly father and how profound he is. He wants them to be devoted to his kingdom, devoted to his attributes, devoted to his kingship, devoted to his authority, devoted to his sovereignty, devoted to him in every aspect. And as far, as long as we're devoted, as long as they are devoted at that time, Jesus commits this promise that guess what? He is going to meet those needs. Don't worry about it. Just focus on who's truly in charge. Let us begin to have faith and trust in who he is and his power. Let us put everything that we desire into the kingdom of God and nothing else. As a matter of fact, in verse 24, it's interesting how he even begins to say, we cannot serve two masters. Even in verse 24, as he gets ready to talk about this particular thing called worry, because at the end of the day, we can easily pick up worry to the point that it actually becomes a master of our life. But if we could just put it down and just acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, you know, we have to understand this, that he has this promise in this particular text that he will meet these 
these needs that we so worry about. Focus and devote yourselves to him. So this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. So whenever we talk about the word devoting ourselves, meaning giving everything, giving our heart, giving our mind, giving our strength, everything to him, how does that apply today? You don't understand, Patrick, what's going on in my family right now. I feel so weak. I, see, I feel so weak because I can't provide the way that I want to provide. I feel troubled all the time. Can I just share with you, whenever you talk about the word devote, it's such a pro profound thing to think about. Devoting yourself, meaning giving everything to the Lord, meaning that you're putting yourself in the presence of the Lord and submitting yourself to his Godship and understanding that he is our strength when we are weak. That is what's something that we'll understand whenever we are seeking him out, seeking out his kingdom, seeking out his, his, his attributes. We have to acknowledge that whenever we are in his presence, that when we feel troubled at times, we have to understand that he covers us through our trouble. When we feel alone sometimes, we have to understand, as even when I talk about trouble, we have to remember he is our ever-present help in those times of this trouble that we find ourselves in. He is that ever-present strength in those moments that we find ourselves being weak. He is our help, he is our hope, he is our savior, he is everything we need. If we devote ourselves to him, then the weakness that we need, the weakness that we find ourselves in will be devoured by the strength of God. We have to understand this. Sometimes whenever we think that everything is against us and we pick up the worry and the doubt and the shame or whatever it is, and if we just pick it up, we have to remember if God is for us, who can be against us? Because he is with us in everything. We have to acknowledge the things that come from the words of God, the scriptures that gives us strength, that gives us hope, that gives us power. And this power that we talk about is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, who empowers us to do the great magnificent things that the Holy Spirit is calling us to partner with the mission of Jesus Christ. And as we partner with the mission of Jesus Christ, I'm not focused on what the world dictates to worry about. I am focused on the kingdom of God in every aspect of my life. I am focused on promoting the kingdom of God, advancing the kingdom of God in my family, in my workspace, everywhere I I go I am focused on that I need him and him alone he alone is able to take care of the things that we're going through now does this mean we won't go through tro troubles and trials and tribulations oh we will go through it but understand when we do go through it we're not going through it alone he is with you we have to understand when the things are going on in our jobs we have to be mindful of this we may be struggling there maybe emotionally thinking that we can't do it we have to remember put aside those things honor the Lord reflect on the Lord allow him to be your strength at that moment when we worry about our family and everything that goes on in our families we have to be mindful responsible for the moment to devote ourselves to prayer
Prayer understanding by faith that, you know, I don't have the power to do this or make this a good situation, but I'm turning to the one who can make a bad situation into a better situation. So I devote myself to you. He is the one we turn to. He is the one I reflect on. Because when I put on worry, when I put on anxiety, when I put on those things, it only creates this hole, this hole where we are not mindful of his power, of his goodness. But when we put our hope in the Lord, when we put our trust in the Lord, as a matter of fact, if you could close your eyes with me right now, if we can think about the things that we are focused on, sometimes we are worried right now. There might be something we are worried about. Can I just share with you yesterday, I got a news report that my air conditioner is busted. And they said, man, you got to pay for a new unit. And they said the word 10K and I was like, oh my gosh. But I can't pick up that worry. I have to trust in him. Some of us may have gotten reports at schools for about your kids not doing maybe as well as they should or maybe learning the way that they should or maybe they're getting in trouble or something. And sometimes we can worry about them so much. But I choose not to pick that up. I, I pick up God's goodness, God's response to the situation. I put my hope in him. I put my trust in him. Maybe it's a marriage, a marriage situation that's happening right now. Communication is weak. Maybe there's something going on internally within the individuals within this marriage, within yourself or their spouse. But you can pick up that worry and think that your marriage is going down the drain or you can pick up the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ to be the strength and the care over your marriage. We can take a look at the finances of our life, which sometimes can exceed a lot of us in worry. We don't know how we're going to provide this week, this month. There's so much that I got to do. We can pick it up, we can pick it up, and it turns into something so dark. Oh, I can seek first the kingdom and his righteousness because I know at the end of the day, regardless of how he does it, he's going to do it. It may not look like the way that I want it to look, but he's going to do it. I know it. All these things will come. At the end of the day, this text is a calling, a calling upon us all to trust, to trust in the Lord, to put aside the worries of our lives, to put aside the doubt in our lives, and to understand we got to pick up his kingdom. Pick up his kingdom. 
trust in him. He is your hope. I choose not to fear, but I choose to have faith. I choose not to doubt, but I choose to have his clarity. I choose not to be mastered by anything, but to be led by his spirit. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you knowing and understanding that there are things that are going on in our lives that need your attention, that needs it right now. And I don't know what might be going on in everybody in this room, but I do know that there are sometimes worry and doubt that comes upon us all, it comes upon me. But help us by the power of your spirit to acknowledge your leadership, your righteousness, your goodness over the things and the fears of our lives. Help us to put focus and devotion on the things that matter, which is you and your kingdom. Helping us to be more alive in our life. Not picking up future worries because even today has enough. But even as today has enough, we choose you today. We choose you today. For any person who's picked up worry, I ask, Lord, that you provide peace. Any person who's picked up doubt, I ask, Lord, that you give him clarity today. Any person that's worked, walked in here with a burden in their life, I ask, Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I just ask, Lord, that that freedom, they find that burden being lifted by your kingship. Lord, we thank you. We ask it in your name, Lord. Amen. Would you please stand up to your feet, church? Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. What better time to reflect on that word than in front of the Lord's table? This, the Lord's Supper or communion as we call it, this meal that we're about to receive, just as we take this bread and as we take this cup and as we receive it into our bodies it signifies it reminds us every single time we do this how you and I have received Jesus into our life see this is important this communion that we're about to take is for the believer it's for the believer I want to I want to be very very particular about it we practice what's called an open table here, which means if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you don't have to be a partner here. You don't have to be uh, plugged in. You don't have to go through grow check. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, we want you to participate this, this morning. But I wanna remind you, this is for the believer. You participate if you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because what we're about to do has eternal significance. It's something that Jesus reminded us to do every single time he says, remember, remember what I did. And unless and until we know this is for us and it was done for us, and only the believer has that capability to understand what was done for him or her on the cross of Calvary. 
So today this is a symbol. We are about to receive this into our bodies as just as we receive Jesus into our lives. But this is going to be more than a meal. If you haven't received uh, a cup, would you raise your hand? Somebody will bring one to you. But what we're about to have is more than just a meal. It's a memorial. So this morning, we're not just remembering. We're just not receiving. We're also remembering. We're just not remembering. We're also receiving. It goes hand in hand. The receiving and the remembering go hand in hand. You know, on the night that Jesus was executed, he gathered his disciples for this final meal, a meal that they always did, but this one was going to be different. It would be their last time together before he was going to be hauled away by these Jewish soldiers presented before Roman authorities to be crucified. Around this table, he gathered all his disciples together and he said, this is my body he took up the bread and he said this is my body it's going to be beaten can you open up that wafer hold it in your hand which symbolizes the bread which symbolizes the body he he picked up that bread he lifted it up in his hands and he said this is my body in a few hours this is going to be beaten this is going to be scourged this is going to be torn apart A whip full of nails are going to be literally driven right into my skin and just pulled away. But he said, this is my body. He broke it. As a symbolic representation of what was to happen, he broke it. Believer, remember today what was done for you was so big, was so powerful, was so mighty. Patrick reminded us so powerfully today that our tomorrow, you don't have to worry about tomorrow because he cares. He loves you so deeply, so, so, so powerfully that it doesn't matter what was done to you, what was done for you is more, more powerful, church. So he broke the body and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body which was given for you. What was done for you. Come on, somebody. This was done for you. And he said, every single time you take this, just remember that it, because it was done for you, that you would never ever have to go through the pangs of death and suffering. Oof. Today as we, as we partake of this, let's remember what was done on the cross of Jesus. Let's make it vivid. To remember is make vivid. It's to make real. It's to make, to recall. It's to make contemporary the reality of what happened on that cross. And in this case, it's remembering that Jesus' words, his life, his deeds, his death brings life to us. That's what we have to remember, that because he died, we would not have to die the same death. That's what we have to remember, church, that because he was beaten, that we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. That's what the Bible says. 
What we have to remember is in a few seconds as we take this cup, we have to remember that for our sins he bled and he died so that we would never have to live in that guilt. That's what we remember. Remind yourselves that today. Every single time the enemy wants to remind you of, of, of the person you are and the sinner you are, remind him back of who Jesus thinks and says you are. You are a child of God, redeemed and bought by the blood. And nothing will ever change that. So today, remember. He says, remember. Do this in remembrance of me. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And as you broke it, today we break it. Break it with me, church. And as we partake of this, Lord, we pray that we will remind ourselves of the goodness of the sacrifice of the cross. Let's partake of this bread together. In the same way he took the cup, he gave thanks. I wanna remind somebody today no matter how close or distant you are from God, it doesn't change your standing with God. He sees you as a son, he sees you as a daughter, and if there's somebody here today that has ran away, that is far, is distant, your relationship is severed with God today, I wanna to remind you that your God is able, your God is powerful, that from the pangs of death, he rescued you, he saved you, he pulled you out. He put you on the rock to stay. So Father, today we remind ourselves and we thank you for the goodness. We thank you for your, thank you for the blood that was shed for us. There's somebody today that doubts that I wanna remind you, do not ever doubt the goodness of God in your life. Somebody that's worrying, somebody that's anxious today, give it to the hands of God for he cares, he loves. He knows what you're going through and he cares deeply about your situation. This blood speaks of salvation, church. He saved you. We were all sinners, we are sinners. But this remembering of what he did for us, come on. I have to remind you day after day that although we are sinners, this blood speaks so much more and it's more powerful and it's more loud than the sins that keep, keep telling us that we will not be victors, the sins that keep bogging us down. This blood is more louder than that. It screams grace, it screams mercy, it screams forgiveness. This blood they're about to have is a symbolic representation of what Christ did on the cross, the redemption of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. So Father, today we thank you for this cup. And after he gave them the bread, he took the cup, he blessed it. He said, this is my blood in the, in the new covenant. And he said, drink this in remembrance of me. So Father, today as we remember, as we think, as we look back, we don't want to take this for granted. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do for us, God. Thank you for the constant reminder that we are yours and nothing can take that away from us. In Jesus' name. Can we partake of this cup together? I'm going to open up this time for prayer. There's somebody here that needs to respond to the word today. You know, there were a few weeks ago that, not, not sorry, a few months ago that I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. You know, leading up to our 
a year ago even, leading up to our third daughter's birth, I was going through so much anxiety, sleepless nights sometimes because there was something inside of me that just couldn't rest at night. I didn't share much with Sonia because I didn't want her to get anxious too, but something that revolved around our, our third daughter's birth that really was stressing me out. And I know negative reports from the doctors from our other, other, other pregnancies that that kind of kept reminding me, maybe there's going to be something wrong. Maybe there's going to be something wrong. And I got a few people to pray over me and a few people to just, just cover me in prayers. And all along, I just kept praying and saying, God, I just cast my worries and I cast my, my worries on you because you care, God. I'm, not, I'm going to tune out distractions. I'm going to tune out people that try to discourage me, people that say this and that and the doctors are, all of that, I give it into your hands, God. I remember days I would preach from the stage and I'd be like, Lord, I just need, I just need you, Lord. I just need comfort and I need strength, Lord. And I still remember when, I've, when I'd be anxious and I would just like have these heart palpitations from time to time, just wondering and thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to be okay? Even to the moment Nora was born, the enemy had an eye on her, but I knew that God's hand upon her was so much more bigger and so much more powerful. I remember the moment that Nora was born, Nora came out and there was no crying, there was no, there was no sound and I was like, what's going on? And around her neck was wrapped the cord four times, four times. I saw the doctors and the nurses scrambling and inside of me was, this is my worst worry coming to reality. And I said, Lord, I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. She's going to be okay. In the middle of the silence, in the middle of the scrambling, in the middle of the doctors wondering what to do, I took a deep breath in and I said, Lord, I give this into your hands because Another second of worry is not going to do anything in my life, but Nora's going to be, Nora's yours, God. She is going to be alive. She's going to come forth in the name of Jesus. I'm going to hear crying in a moment. And as the doctors worked their fingers around that neck to loosen that cord from around her neck, now she came out. In a few moments, the silence turned to cries. And the baby that didn't want to come out because the cord was wrapped around her neck was suddenly loosed and all the anxiety of the world suddenly dissipated in the sight that I kept in, 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 the, in the light where I gave it to the hands of God and I said, God, I can't do anything about this right now. You have complete and total control. I still remember breaking out into tears knowing that all my anxiety and all my worry was taken away by just a few moments where God said, I am God and nothing will ever change that. I don't know what worry you're going through. It could be your job. It could be a work situation. It could be a relationship situation. It could be a marriage issue. It could be a financial situation. Whatever it is, would you give it into the hands of God? I'm going to ask you to respond to the word today. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out 
And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.